This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Uh, it is a pleasure to have you here. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here. I'm honored. So I'm looking forward to uh, having some really fun discussions. Yeah, yeah. No, I was looking over some of the notes and uh, you have a very varied background, but it's all tied to money and how people use it and manage it in the best of ways. So I think it stands to reason that the first question, our traditional question on the show, is going to be really interesting to ask you. And that is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? The answer to that is absolutely not. <laughs> wow. No, no. Um, just a little bit of background on my family. My parents are immigrants. They're Holocaust survivors. Came to this country in 1951. And, um, and uh, you know, my father worked in a factory until he retired. And uh, so, no, I did not come from a family of entrepreneurs. In fact, my parents always imbued to uh, on my sister and me that we need to have professions and we need to have a really good job and you need to make really decent money and you can always fall back on that no matter what it is you do. Um, I have an older sister, both she and I are entrepreneurs, okay? Because I think neither one of us uh, after a certain point uh, really felt like we wanted to work for someone else. Because we can make the rules, we can call the shots, we can run our businesses the way we see fit, and uh, and so we both took an entrepreneurial path. Yeah, I mean, no one on the show is going to blame you. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> something that's something that everyone on this show can relate to. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, um, it, it's just exciting to see that that's something that drove you. But then what you did with that. Uh, drive with that ambition as you stepped into roles as a CPA, a CFO. Uh, you mentioned, you know, some some of the things you're doing uh, that you have equity in and things that you're running, you know. And yet, at the same time, in my notes, I see that you're involved in film production and being an artist and a musician. So, where does that come in? Because was it you? started off your career working for other people and knew you needed an outlet or how did that i'm just interested because yeah. we've had a few entrepreneurs here who have expressed that level of their creative side and yet uh not all of them always share that so i like i love that you shared that sure well i don't know maybe it's a left brain right brain thing and i would say the majority of people that i know and, and you know certainly not exclusively that i know who are cpas are focused on the one side of their brain that uh, allows them to be good at what they do as CPAs. I've always had, you know, as a child, as a, as a teenager, I always had this ambition to be an actor, like a stage actor, a Broadway actor, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of people who want to be actors. I live in New York and, you know, 
there are so many people that they call themselves actor. They're working in a restaurant, waiting tables or attending bar or, and they may get a role here and there, but the chances of um, the odds, I would say of being a successful actor are pretty small unless you're really, really, really lucky or you're the progeny of an existing famous, you know, celebrity actor, because then, you know, they can come right in and do their thing. And so, you know, one of the things I was good at in school always was I was good in math. And even though I had my undergraduate degree in liberal arts, I majored in economics and sociology is my double major. And, you know, I kind of like gravitated toward uh, the the numbers part, the finance part. And so I went right on to graduate school and got a master of science in accounting and I became a CPA. Uh, and, you know, that that fell right in line with what my parents had always uh, emphasized to me that you have to have that profession. You have to have that backup. You know, no matter what happens, you can always fall back on it. And they weren't wrong. I, you know, and I certainly don't blame them. They they came at it from a position of of fear and and uh, not only a fear but of a survival mode because they have to survive the experience they had as Holocaust survivors. You know, they are Holocaust survivors. So I get it, and I I respected it, and I followed a, a more traditional path to get to uh, becoming a CPA. Um, and I, you know, I worked for different companies over long periods of time and I, I was in public accounting. I left public accounting, but always worked in kind of like the finance controller, accounting tax areas. And then I went back into public accounting work. You know, I moved to New York 26 years ago and I, I didn't really know that many people here at the time. So it would have been really difficult for me to set up my own practice, but I worked for a number of different CPA firms here and I, I always used to think that the grass was greener somewhere else, you know, and I came to realize shortly after I had gotten to the new place that the grass was just as brown as it was in the last place. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the people that, that I worked for, like the senior partners in these firms, they all had something in common. And, and that was that they're the boss, you're the worker bee and they're energy vampires and they are all energy vampires in my opinion i had a coach once who told me you know, taught me that term energy vampires and it stuck with me and i decided you know why should i give them my energy why don't i use my energy to better myself in my own practice and do my own thing and so that's what i ended up doing you know quite a number of years ago i had actually gone out on my own once before before i lived in new york then I moved to New York. I sold my practice, and then I, I started my uh, my own practice here in New York, probably twelve years ago. And, yeah. No, I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing. Uh, and knowing what I know about New York, having been there for four years, and man, I get it. If there's any place you can start something, uh, New York would be a place to do that, uh, just because of the proximity of people. You can walk there. Uh, you can talk to people. Also, most people are there really are the kind of people that go, oh, well, I'll give you a shot. You know, what, 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 show me what you got. You know, they really, it's literally that, you know, that kid shining the shoe and uh, Mr. I want opportunity. Show me what you got, kid. And it really is that energy yeah. there. Um, and to know that you 
had studied what you studied uh, simultaneously because you knew you had to cover uh, your six, as they say, and make sure that you took care and took stock to take care. All of that, it makes sense, man. And I think it's cool that you have that creative bent because as we've covered on this show before, entrepreneurs are creative by nature. Right. And sometimes an act of creation can be destruction, meaning disrupting an entire industry, changing the way things are done, even if that's workplace culture by not being the, oh, I'm the boss, you're the worker bee. Let's keep it that way, which we'll get into later. But before I keep going, I want to make sure I tap in with Jason here and see where he's at because what you shared has been interesting. Thanks. I look at it. You said something very interesting, and that's energy vampires, right? Um, it's, it's the same in the workforce as it is, you know, on the employee side, as it is running a company yourself, right? Cause you can either choose as a business owner to surround yourself with the right people, or you surround yourself with energy, energy vampires, right? It's on both. Cause I've experienced both, right? So as running a company, putting the wrong person in the wrong seat, and they just suck the living life yeah. out of you, right? <laughs> I mean, you know it when you're done for the day because you're just like, <laughs> wow. you just walk, you walk upstairs, you got that blank look in your face. You know, you come in, the kids, kids try to give you a hug, and you're just like, like a zombie walking in the door. <laughs> right because yeah. people will they'll just suck the life out of you if you let them right and it's all about surrounding yourself with the right people right and i mean before the show we had this discussion about what what you're doing with your your life soon and it's a testament to kind of scaling your way away from all that from where you are now Right. The hustle and bustle of New York. And in my opinion, New York, that's an energy vampire in itself. (laughs) (laughs) It can be if you let it. It can. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Most people get sucked into it. Mm -hmm. And you're right about that. But I want to go back to something Philip said before about, um, you know, in New York. You know, there are all, all these opportunities from shining the shoes to waiting the tables to being able to do all these other different things. You know, it reminds me of that um, that line from the song, New York, New York. If you can make it here, you, you can make it anywhere. And that's kind of true because New York's a tough town. And, you know, while some people may give you opportunity, others won't. You know, you kind of have to prove who you are. You have to, you know, generate a, uh, a reputation, as it were of being really top-notch at, at, at what it is you do so that people will gravitate toward you and want to work with you. And something, Jason, you said about surrounding yourself with the right people, I, I can totally relate. You know, I have hired people that were just the wrong people. And like you said, you know, you got, at the end of the day, you're like a zombie. And I felt that way. And I literally had to fire people because of that, because it just was wrong it just didn't fit it didn't fit the culture maybe it didn't fit the knowledge base maybe it didn't fit a number of different things but surrounding yourself with the right people is key and holding on to the right people is really really important you've got to treat them well 
compensate them well, uh, you know, all the all the right energy flowing toward them and from them. I think that's that's so critical. But something Philip you alluded to earlier also about, you know, my interest in and love for art, music, and and so forth. I mean, I don't know. I started when I was in high school drawing pencil portraits of people. And when I got to college, I would sell them for $10 a piece. I'd have someone come up to my dorm room and I'd do a pencil sketch of someone and I'd sell it to them for 10 bucks. So I, I guess I was entrepreneur an entrepreneur. Back then. <laughs> I was going to say you're creative, but you also were just a business person. <laughs> There's a lot of creative people who were like, I can't put a price on my art, man. <laughs> How I came up with 10 bucks, I'll never know. But I came up with 10 bucks and, you know, people would come to me because they saw what I did and they liked my art. So they bought it from me and um, it was fun. And, you know, it was an outlet for me separate from my studies. And, you know, I worked through school as well. And um, and then in high school, I also had this passion for music. And I really wanted to learn how to play the piano, but we didn't because we were kind of we were very uh, blue collar. We lived in, a, in an apartment and we didn't have room for a piano. So the next best thing was a guitar. So I picked up, <laughs> I started playing guitar. I love to sing. And, you know, it just went on from there, you know, where I have, uh, I've done a lot of uh, production accounting for film. I've invested in live performances, theater, Broadway, off-Broadway, Vegas shows, things like that. It's just a passion. I love it. I love it. I don't know what else to say. I just love it. And we need that energy. We need that passion. Uh, I don't think enough entrepreneurs open up to the idea of being your whole self, right? There are things outside of your business. Number one, your business is not your identity, even if it is your baby. These are obviously my opinions. I'm like just claiming these things as if they're facts, but they are, they are, they are things that I've seen after 2000 conversations with entrepreneurs that those who truly embrace their whole selves really get a lot more out of life in general. And it's doubly so important when it comes to business owners, entrepreneurs, because much like the city of New York, you can fall into the swamp that is your operations and start to believe that that is the entire planet which is what eventually leads people to being that I'm the boss, you're the employee, is when they don't have a life outside of that. Because then you forget why you started to do these things to begin with, right? <laughs> uh, so before we go any further, I'd like to just take a second to step into the mid-roll because uh, today's episode you know, couldn't have been possible without the love and support of people who've been listening for as long as they have now. And uh, man, I mean, the show is just blowing up and it's incredible. And one of those people that's responsible for that today is uh, sharing the credit. This, this, this company is all about every time someone swipes a card, like a debit card, credit card, your business, you pay like a visa, MasterCard, and there's a fee, right? Now, wow. one of those fees can go back into the system, normally a bank, but legally it could go to a nonprofit instead. Now, what nonprofit? That's really up to you. So, what do you want to do? Keep giving money to the fat cats or do you want to do some good in the world? You can easily start going in that direction with your business by just calling 877-201-7215 or visit sharingthecredit.com. And so thank you for allowing me to take that time to give a big shout out to one of our biggest supporters, 
Uh, with that said, though, Michael, uh, the city of New York isn't where you plan to be forever. Uh, you've shared with us that you have a different vision for the future. But before we go to where you're going to be going now, I want to know with what you're doing now, with the work that you're doing, specifically, is there anything that you feel most proud of being able to have accomplished with the work that you do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I I have accomplished uh, creating my company my CPA firm, which is successful. And it is uh, something I'm very proud of, you know, with my roster of, of clients and new clients that want to work with me. I just feel gratified that I've created something where people want to work with me, whether they're existing clients that want to continue working with me or new clients that decide they want to start working with me. I, I'm very gratified that I have um, created this company, this environment, and, you know, structured my price points in such a way so that it's attractive to people. You know, it's like when people ask me, like, you know, what are your fees? I tell them, they say, well, you know, I'm not, the, and I tell them, I'm not the most expensive guy on the block. I'm certainly not the cheapest guy on the block, but I've been doing this for decades, okay? And so I don't go back to what my fees were 10 years ago. And so, but so I'm very proud of that as an accomplishment. I'm also very proud of, um, and I don't know that we've touched on this yet, that I'm the CFO of a private equity firm. And we are uh, in the business of and own uh, precious metal mines in Colorado. And we're very likely to IPO this year. So this is going to be a huge game changer, huge game changer. So I'm very proud of the work that I've done there. We've been at it for six years with the mining business. We have uh, been at private equity firm for 11 years. And my business partner, who's the CEO who started all of this, he and I have known each other for 20. So oh, wow. that we've gotten to this point where we're very likely to IPO this year, that I'm very proud of as well. So Yes, so I point to those two in particular. I'm proud of a lot of other things, but those are my two biggies. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a whole new level of business. Not everybody's in the I got a mind business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? What's cool is it's right across the mountain from me. Right. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I'm in New York. That's in Colorado. I visited those mines two weeks ago and I couldn't have been prouder of where we are and what we're doing. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, it's something to be celebrated. I mean, that's a long way from being in offices somewhere in new york listening to sinatra say you know if you can make it here you can make it anywhere <laughs> man you made it somewhere else now too <laughs> by the way i never worn a hard hat in my life you have to wear a hard hat to go into the mines you know and first time in my life i got the photo to prove it <laughs> there it is ah oh, no man that's that's awesome i'm really excited for you i i, I think anybody one of the things I love so much about entrepreneurs, the, the ones who are really good at what they're doing, is they hear that about someone else's success and immediately they're like, all right, yeah, I got to double down and get to where I'm trying to go. What's my next level? What's my mineral mine, right? Where am I going to end up? And for you, that involves also expanding out 
across the world as you as you as you shared you have ambitions of now going to spain that's awesome man i mean just if you look at the trajectory of what you've done you have traveled both in the body and the mind you know and that is that is evolution at its finest and at the end of the day we can only grow as much as our businesses we can only grow our businesses as much as we grow ourselves and this is something we've covered countless times on this show so to see you fully incarnate that exact example is just off the charts man and it's something that we all aspire to and who doesn't need a good story about getting to that next level and going further and ending up on the beaches while still having minds and now you're like high level thinking and how that moves the world because let's face it all these devices in our pockets they've got minerals in them so don't get it twisted. Big um, money, baby. <laughs> all that. And yeah, it's uh, not just a game changer for me. It's going to be a game changer for a lot of people. And, you know, one of the things that I, uh, I'm also very proud of is my philanthropy. And with this game changer, I feel like I can actually be more philanthropic and support more causes that mean something to me. But I also want to touch on one other thing, you know, with being an entrepreneur, and I'm sure you both know this, is that, um, you know, being an entrepreneur involves risk. And, you know, risk is something that some people can handle and other people can't. Now, I come from a background where my parents didn't want to take any risks, and I get it. I understand their background, where they came from, and uh, and what their experiences were. But, uh, you know, I it was just something I never shied away from. I felt like, you know, if it, this doesn't work, something else is going to work. And, yeah, some, you know, I threw some money at some things that didn't work out and some painful lessons. You know, but at the same time, you it's not it's not that the uh, you know, I'm not one of those people that when something like that happens, that I pull back and say, oh, my God, I can't do that again, because look at what happened this time. It's about learning from the experience and understanding that maybe next time you do the you, you do something that involves risk, but it's a little bit more calculated than it was the time before. And you look at all of the pros and the cons. And, and I, I, I often do something which is very simple, uh, you know, and it, it's time tested. People have done it for, you know, a long, long, long time. I don't know if it's decades or centuries or what, but I take a piece of paper and draw a line down the middle on one side pro, one side con, and I, I list them. And obviously, if more, if, for me, it's obvious that if there are more pros than there are cons, this is something worth looking into further. If there are more cons, all right, move on to the next one. You know, but uh, it does involve risk. And I, and I, you know, anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur is an entrepreneur. The ones that are already know this, but the ones that want to be, um, yeah, there are risks. But at the same time, you know, if you, without risk, there's no reward. Very simple. I'm not. I, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But maybe some of your listeners need to hear it again. You know. But uh, no, no risk, no reward. Amen. Everyone needs to hear I, that reminder. <laughs> I actually. So talking about mining, because I have to mention this, because I just seen it on TV last week. Because okay. um, my son watches YouTube and he's like really sciency, um, and. So the, these few water treatment or uh, like sludge treatment facilities and whatnot for waste yeah. coming out of people's homes, they figured out how to mine out of 
the sludge that comes through and there's just as much gold and silver going down the drain as there is being mined out of the ground every year. Wow. It's insane. <laughs> that just because people <clears throat> lose their jewelry down a drain or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah. Lose their jewelry. A lot of hair products. A lot of the products we use have micro amounts of elements in them, right? Of stuff in them. And they're figuring out how to extract this stuff from the sludge. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's something you might want to. Oh wow, that's just a pro move into. right there. That's just a <laughs> pro move. Whoever was in the office meeting going, you know what we're gonna do? Sludge. <laughs> I'm listening. Well, well, think about it. Somebody's brushing their teeth, right? And all of a sudden, bloop, out goes a gold tooth, right? Well, there it went. Oh man. <laughs> business that we're doing is uh we are very proud to say that our mining is sustainable with the idea that wherever we mine, once we're done mining, we reclaim the land. So we restore it to the original contours. We plant the trees and the grass and all that kind of stuff. So you would never hey. know that we have been there once we're, once we're finished with the mine. That's how it's done, yeah. man. Michael, listen, uh, on this show, we like to explicitly ask if you could have gone back to speak to your younger self at this point let's talk about uh when you first moved back to new york let's say somewhere around that time right before you started getting into the the real groove you had already tried once you said you know but you you were still figuring things out what would you say to yourself knowing what you know now from from the vantage point of a mind if you will (laughs) i would say uh pursue the entrepreneurial spirit earlier than i did you know, I I was still stuck in that mode of, God, I got to get a good job with good benefits. And, you know, if I do well, I'll retire from there and have a nice life. I would have pursued the entrepreneurial spirit much earlier. Not that it's ever too late, but, <laughs> you know, but it was uh, a little bit later in life for me than as I look back, say, you know, it didn't even have to be like a CPA practice. It could have been anything. Uh, but just proceed. I was thinking at one point of opening a pet shop in, in New York, you know, where we sell pet products because I'm a huge animal lover. You know, we have two dogs at home and I'm, I'm big on supporting like, uh, you know, animal refuges and, and, and all that kind of, you know, homeless and shelter pets and things of that. And I'm big on that, but, um, I would have done something, you know, I, in fact, I did have a conversation with a coach I had at the time about doing something entrepreneurial around animals and i never actually did that (laughs) but it was an idea that i had and then i I could never quite figure out how to make it work financially you know opening a storefront in new york city forget about it (laughs) it's insane you know the rents are insane and they keep going up and that's why a lot of businesses in new york fail is because the rents are just astronomical but I, I still think that, you know, there were probably ways for me to explore being an entrepreneur at an earlier stage in my life. Yeah, man. No, I remember walking through New York and asking some of the shops that sell phone cases out there, like on like 22nd and I forget what Avenue it is, but, uh, you know, near the jewelry district and things like that. And, you know, they sell phone cases, hats, things like that. And they pay 
obscene amounts of money for their little warehouse that they just have to like shut down. And I mean, we're talking tens, 20, 30,000 a month and they're selling, you know, like $3 phone cases. It's not happening. (laughs) I I don't know how they, how they make it. I don't even know how they break even, let alone, you know, take (laughs) enough money to pay their bills. You know, I don't think they do. (laughs) Really? Yeah. <laughs> Man, no, it really it's it there's there's something to be said about uh, being in business in that city uh, and mostly corporate money seems to be taking over more and more these days uh, and anything that looks like a mom and pop shop was probably is probably being propped and supported by a bigger entity just nobody knows about which the mom and pop shops are disappearing. Oh yeah. As we have on every corner, you have a bank, a major bank, you have a Starbucks, you know, a Taco Bell, um, you know, whatever else. But they're all these big, huge national chains that are basically taken over. There are very few mom and pop shops around anymore in New York, maybe in some of the other boroughs like Queens and Brooklyn, yeah. but not where I am. Yeah, I know Kings, Kings County and things like, you know, all, all of that. I mean, hey, man, I'll have to trade war stories with you. Not that I've ever been to war. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> but uh, well, you're in the war room now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll trade some stories with you about New York, man. No, it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Before I go to the grand finale, which is the last piece of business we have left, I want to check in with Jason again. Yeah, I would just say, you know, when you talk about like the small mom and pop businesses, right, even here in where I live, you know, you slowly see the strip malls start to just evaporate, right? And you drive downtown this week, and you see another blank window. And then next week, there's another one. Next week, there's another one. And it's just like the the commercial stuff is just like slowly pushing mom and pop out of business for the next chain to move in. And all I could say to those that are running a mom and pop business would be, you know, just try to position yourself and make sure you're, you're running yourself online too. And that's where a lot of them are making the mistake is they're trying to run a storefront, but they have no online presence to go with it. And uh, the ones that are making it are probably selling more online than they are through their storefront. So I'll give you um, an example. I have a client who is a a shoe designer, and she manufactures all her shoes in Spain and sells them throughout Europe and the United States. Virtually all of them are online. Mm-hmm. Shopify and some of the major department stores like Saks. And so, so she sells that way. And every once in a while, she does a pop-up store. Every once in a while. So she'll do a pop-up store, you know, serve champagne and hors d'oeuvres and that kind of thing. And and she may sell a few shoes there as well, but most of it is online. And I think, yeah, I think to your point, Jason, I think a lot more of it needs to be online than, than it does brick and mortar. Well, you can't do that with Starbucks. People aren't gonna, <laughs> people aren't gonna buy coffee online, you know, if no. they want to have a coffee. But Starbucks doesn't need any help though. <laughs> Man. Uh, Taco Bell doesn't either. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, but when I hear when I hear all this, I, I just uh 
I immediately ask myself, you know, there are so many interesting business models out there, uh, similar to the way the music industry is propped up by maybe like the top 3% artists and everyone else is an investment that just didn't work out, but that's the way the industry works. I imagine that while the majors here, they're taking up all the retail are operating along a similar manner. Uh, I do believe there is room, and this is just me thinking out loud with other people who I know can understand this. I do believe there is room for a set of organiz- uh, some kind of organization uh, at that level that can sort of begin to foster uh, sort of like an accelerator would with big tech, right? Yeah. But more focused on reestablishing that that small business community and sort of getting like a mastermind that can do that. I don't know. I don't know if that exists, but where I get this model from is uh, someone we had on the show, uh, Mitigate Partners. uh, We had them on recently Mm -hmm. uh, and they essentially are a bunch of independent contractors who focus on like uh, getting uh, an employer designed uh, benefits plan for their, for their uh, team instead of going with whatever big tech sends your way. And in order to get bigger clients or be more sustainable, they all banded together under one flag to sort of keep that ball rolling. And I feel like there's room to be doing that. This is just me spitballing out loud with uh, two people that I know can see the play here. Um, and I think I think there's as we move forward as business owners, entrepreneurs, it's something we may want to keep in mind about our impact as decision makers. Uh, given that no business is an island, we get to vote who stays in the marketplace and who doesn't, right? And small business and entrepreneurship in general makes up a lot more of the actual revenue uh, that eventually gets funneled over to big tech, whether we like it or not, you know? So I, I think it's very powerful to see exactly how strong we are as entrepreneurs and small business owners and how much of a factor we are to the decisions being made in the marketplace, uh, it's something that I, I hope we can all consider, but this is just me spitballing. What I really want to get to is uh, the grand finale, if that's all right. Yeah, and, sure. All right. Out. All right. Uh, so for a million thousand points, Michael, and a trip to Spain. This <laughs> 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 uh, trip to Spain's already booked. It's December. Okay. Well, we still got the offer on the table. <laughs> I'll take a free one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my lawyers tell me I have to say that that trip to Spain isn't real. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, I'm not playing this game. <laughs> so if you, if, if you could have had anybody here today uh, to have heard this conversation, be a part of this conversation, uh, your choice, your pick of the litter, any time and place in the world, who would you have chosen and why them? My mom and dad. They're both gone now. And uh, I think if they saw me as I am today. And my mom just died this year in March. Um, she was 95 with a very long life, but uh, I'd like, I, I would love to have them here because I think if they saw me today, they would just be in awe. They would be so proud of me. I think they were always proud of me anyway, but you know, where I am and where I'm going, um, they, they would, I would want them here. My mom and dad. You're just getting started, brother. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, big shout out. Big shout out to mom and pop. That is uh, that is a solid choice for that question. 
And uh, man, I'm so happy for you. I really am. Uh, I've had a great time getting to know you a little bit, you know, and to learn about the ins and outs of the way you see the world. I'm going to let Jason, as we do traditionally here, close us out. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Michael, for being here. There was a lot of gold. (laughs) Get it? Gold? Eh, (laughs) Mines. There's a lot of gold in that conversation, just really to be serious. Um, And uh, if people are listening, they had some great takeaways from that. And there's a lot to be learned by all those years of experience that you went through the failures, the successes, the failures, again, the successes, again, all those things. Right. And I think a lot of people mistakenly look at business through the Hollywood lens, right. When they're first coming into it and it's not that way, it's messy. You know, the curtain's ugly when you open it up. Right. (laughs) So, so, you know, and, and congratulations for your big win. I mean, that's really awesome. And not everybody gets to experience something of that magnitude, right? So really awesome. Thank you for being here. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Well, thank you both for having me. Uh, I had a really great time here today talking with you both. And uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, it was fun and I enjoyed it. But I, I'm honored, actually, that you would have me on the show. And I thank you both. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.